Welcome to Soul Practice, a podcast featuring raw conversations about our crazy world and real practices that keep us grounded deep in our souls. Soul Practice, Raw Conversations, Real Practices is hosted by Kathy Escobar and Phyllis Mathis. Well, welcome to Soul Practice, Raw Conversations, Real Practices. I'm Phyllis Mathis. And I'm Kathy Escobar. Today, we are going to be talking about self-care. <laughs> and my first thought about that is, why? <laughs> why? Why does anybody need to have another conversation? Oh my gosh, there's so many. <laughs> about self-care. And um, I think, in a way, that's why. Because, you know, we've been talking about self-care for a decade the two of us and everybody else. Mm -hmm. And I've, you know, been learning some stuff through a really tough time. I mean, these last few years for the two of us, you know, for sure. And so we have to learn how to take care of ourselves, but some of the ways that are out there in the universe, (laughs) the media universe, the podcast universe, the, the book industry, people are making a lot of money saying a lot of things about Mm. self-care and, and they're not wrong, but I think we're missing it like we normally do um, on things that are important. Our mind just sort of takes the leap and it's like, I got this handled. Let's make a list. (laughs) Let's figure this shit out. Let's, let's make a, Make yeah. our priorities. Yeah. And so that's been bothering me lately. Well, and it's like we were having talking about this on our walk actually this morning, just in dabbling in a bunch of conversations about life. And it that piece that came up is just how our approach to it makes sense. Yes. Because of the systems and structures that guide the planet. And so patriarchy, hierarchy, white supremacy. The whole thing. Yes. uh, The whole thing. And so it's just in there. And what's confusing is that the things are good. The principles or the actual practices are not bad. They're important. They're sustaining me. We need more of them. But I think the angle, and I'm excited to hear this more, like you flesh this out a little bit more, is just our approach is actually antithetical to what we're trying to get to. And it's why then we're always not getting there. (laughs) (laughs) We just end up in the same place, swirling around. Only now we have another to do, which is to take care of ourselves. (laughs) And then then everyone's failing. failing. (laughs) (laughs) And then it's like, this is exhausting. And then, and then we do really dumb, bad things with it too, because we get really tired and worn out and then we get angry Mm -hmm. and then we feel entitled. Like it shouldn't be like this. And so then you have people screaming for the manager you know, <laughs> and just being pissed off about everything and feeling like this is not fair. This is not right. And I have nothing but compassion for that because I'm one of those people. But OK, so here's here's what I want to try to communicate today is that in soul work, so that's kind of what I'm trying to do, which I sometimes do and sometimes don't uh, actually accomplish working from my soul. But one of the 
one of the things that I'm learning is that the soul does everything differently than our mind or our ego, if you want to call it that, like our conventional ways of, of living our lives. It's just different. And in order to tune into that, we have to think on a different plane. So I'm going to try to <laughs> try to articulate this thing. So our lives in this country, in this period of time, are for the most part hard on us. I mean, there's the things that happen and those are hard, legitimately hard. But what we're trying to accomplish and how we're trying to accomplish it by doing all the things, taking care of all the people, keeping up with all the things we're supposed to be doing, running here and there, caring for the world, caring for the world or not caring for the world, like climbing the ladder or making plans, setting goals, achieving all, all of that energy that isn't necessarily bad in and of itself, but has taken on a new level of intensity. And um, we live by these imperatives all the time. And we're jacked up all the time with too many things to do, too many responsibilities, too many, um, all the things. And people are breaking down. Yeah. And so then that's another thing we have to take care of. So when I think about kids, little kids today and the anxiety that they're dealing with and how much care they need, like I'm looking, I'm stepping back and I'm looking, is it our culture that's so toxic that people are breaking down, you know? And yeah. I think that might be part of it. So anyway, all of that leads to how do we then live our lives? And the first thing that pops up is we need to be taking care of ourselves. But if you, do, if you don't think at a deeper level, like if you don't allow yourself to sink down into the soul level, then you're just going to take that on with the same energy that you do all the other things. Yeah. And so that's part of what I want to, what I want to be doing always and what I want to offer in this in this podcast is when you start taking on things like soul care with the same intensity that you're trying to keep up with your, your crazy schedule and you start breaking down and you start feeling, feeling either angry or guilty or beating yourself up because you can't do self-care, right? You might want to stop and go, mm -hmm. what is self-care then? Yeah. And so this is what we want to explore a little bit. So first of all, let's get on a different level and let's rethink it. Let's simplify and let's listen to a deeper level. But on the other hand, let's come up with some little, little practices or little things that we could try. Mm -hmm. That don't feel that don't like feel. this other way. So what do you think when you drop down? into your soul and it's like that's that piece of us that is usually not tended to what what do you think self-care soul care strengthening in that deeper level looks like well I've been asking myself that question this very week actually and I don't um first the first thing I think I want to say is for me anyway I don't know I need self-care till I'm till I'm spent, you know, mm. till I'm breaking down in some way. Um, 
like I, I'm not remembering things or I, I'm on the verge of tears or I'm exhausted or I'm not sleeping or I'm carrying around, you know, this heaviness in my chest or whatever. And then I can't think of all that self-care things or the things I think of traditionally, like I need a spa day or I need to, <laughs> it's not a bubble bath, <laughs> take a bath. you know, it's not like those things. I don't want to do those. I can't do those. So I always think about this quote from John O'Donohue. So first principle, maybe um, that he says, uh, soul care is body care mm. and body care is soul care. Mm, so and so I always kind of go back to that. Um, so what does my body need? And sometimes it's just as simple as a few deep breaths. Mm. I need to come into my body, first of all. That's a huge deal. And then maybe I just need to breathe, eat, move, sleep, check out, look out the window. I don't know. It gets super simple. Yeah. And I think it kind of needs to start there. Mm. But it takes me having to sort of break down, whereas I can't, I don't have all these glorified things that I'm doing or I'm not, I'm not fitting it into my daily schedule, my, <laughs> my self-care for the day so I can check it off my list. That's a good thing to do for all you people who do that. I can't, I don't, I can't, you know, I do my things. But anyway, well, it makes me think though that people are wired, wired differently and that that's a piece of it. So how I am and how you are and how other people are can all be different. And that that's, it's probably is important not to evaluate that, but we know when we're each type, each personality type, each human knows when we're coming out of a place of just um, ego, work harder try harder. And I mean, I just goes back to this principle that you brought to me and I come back on it all the time. Figure it out. If I can figure out self-care yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, or build it into my schedule enough, whatever that is, I think this is across all personalities and all ways of wiring. Um, but I love that body. But just make sure it's doing what it's supposed to do. Yeah. So if it's stressing you out, then <laughs> it's probably not a thing. Um, and I do, I do build it into my life. I just don't do it with my head. So mm. I have the weirdest little things that I'm embarrassed to tell you, to tell people about that, that really calm me down, that really help center me without trying to center myself. So I need, I need space in my life. I need to build in space. And so I realized that my schedule, well, this is what I did with my head, but I realized my schedule was too busy for me. Mm. And a lot of my colleagues are working way harder than I am. And they can, they have the constitution or they have the need or they have the whatever to be able to do that. So I'm not saying it's bad, but I couldn't do it. And so I closed my, I had to close off the spigot and, and then it opened up space in my week that I can breathe, mm. that I can sit in my little chair, that I can do my little thing on the computer that I can listen to my, my books on audible. That's what I, that's what I do. And I feel guilty about that sometimes, but then as I've been learning this new rhythm, I'm like, I'm a kind of person who needs those big chunks of time and I need to not be thinking. Yeah. I need, I need to be letting other people think for me and I need to be doing something dumb. 
And that really restores me. Now, other people can do, I mean, guided meditation is really great. Listening to music is really great. Whatever you choose to do, just listen for it. Is that what, what is it working? Is it helping? Is it bringing relief and ease and space and grounding? Is it bringing those things? Does it help you settle? That's a word I learned from Resma Menachem in his book, My Grandmother's Hands, was talking about settling. Because our, our nervous systems get jacked up and we get jangly and we get used to dealing on that level. And he talks about um, being able to settle your body down. So you have to kind of go down through the layers. And we're, we're not very good at that. We just, we just jack it up. We just try harder. And then when we add self-care to that on that same plane, then it's not really helping that much. Yeah. Or we, yeah. So so am I missing things? No, I was, I would love to hear you share a little bit more because you said it. And I think that this is like super common in all of our experiences is guilt. Guilt. You're like, I even feel kind of guilty about it. And so I feel like this is a piece somehow that most of us feel like somehow it's selfish or I should be more productive or the shoulds a little bit. I just say a little bit yeah, more about And there's that. two sides of, there's two sides of that line too, because we, we live in a, in a jacked up culture where we're push, 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 and we're under the gun all the time. And so in our, in our minds are kind of in the, the water that we swim in all the time is this need to be productive. And that's part of the culture that makes us sick, Mm. you know, so, but we have it in our nervous system that we should be being productive. And so um, that's on the one hand, and we, then we resent that because we're stressed out. And so then we want to flip over to the other side, which is then by golly, I'm going to drop out of everything. Totally. I'm gonna like. I'm gonna take care of myself. I'm gonna I'm use gonna, my boundaries. I'm gonna use my boundaries. Yeah, I'm gonna go on a five day retreat. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna yell at the barista. I'm gonna buy. You know, it's like jacking up and out of anger, uh, feeling entitled, like mad that I let myself be victimized by this, and then flipping over to the other side of. I'm going to be just as rude as I want, right? Mm. I'm just going to be, because I'm taking care of my, I'm not letting people bully me anymore. You know, it's mm. that kind of reaction mm. that I have done. I'm not saying I still do sometimes, but that's not the same as self-care. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in a way, maybe that's how we start. Like, like toddlers, you know, I do it myself. Yeah. You know? It's just a development thing. It's a I developmental like process. Yes. Yes. People need their, it's a piece of healing. And yeah. I mean, when I look at my healing process, oh my gosh, the things I did and oh said, I did, you know, it's so embarrassing. I it was like, people. I've been the Karen <laughs> in the room. But a part, and I mean, I'm ongoing healing, but like those, those things like where it's like, you're just, you're just itchy and you just can't, you don't know how to do it. Yeah. I love the toddler thing. But so we have to give ourselves, I think, a ton of room and yeah. grace and gentleness and self-compassion. Just and trying to, Yeah. Just notice. Oh, oh my God. What did I just do there? <laughs> like that was really out of character. How did I get that out of control? Mm-hmm. And I have been, I mean, this fall, I've been like that. Like I have 
blown up at people I really care about. I've ha- I have like went way past my finish line mm. and didn't notice it and had to get out and blew the thing sky high because I mi- I missed the line. So I I mean true confessions. I have messed this up because classically I have not been able to notice when I'm getting too tired or when I should have spoken up or when I should have changed things or when I, I can't do it. I can't do it in advance Mm -hmm. for some reason. A lot of people can, and they're way better at at it than I am. But when I take the nuclear option (laughs) and blow (laughs) shit up and mess up some relationships, I have to sit back and go, I, what, how did I get there? Yeah. How did I get there? And what could I have done instead? And why was I under that amount of pressure? So, um, <laughs> well, don't you think the body thing, I mean, that's yes. a good quote. I didn't know that quote. Um, and that is so good. And it reminds me this body care, soul care, soul care is body care. Yeah. Right? So it helps to, to be really, really small. Well, and let's just be honest, like this is an area that most of us have really not very much practice in. Yeah. And we're getting there. The work is moving and so many somatic things and, you know, we're learning so much more, but that, at least for me, that disconnection from my body is so strong. Mm -hmm. So to come back into it takes a lot because I just, I think as I'm hearing you talk about like, how did I all of a sudden get there? Well, it makes total sense how we get there because we can't, we're usually not listening. And we're not present. No. You know, I, as you were saying, I think all of this, almost like everything we share here fits, all of it fits together. Mm-hmm. And so, and it's so hard to be present and notice what's actually going on. And I remember this is years ago. Now I've been, a, a you know, well over a decade past it. But I mean, my back broke, literally. It did. I was my back I broke. That. And you know what is so crazy about it is that I had all the warning signs. Okay. It wasn't like, boom, it popped. I had a huge ruptured disc. I literally had every warning sign and I just ignored them. And I was trying, I did, a, I did a little bit here and there, but I mean, that was how disconnected I was from the pain. And I remember I was in San Diego with some friends and I literally was, I, I couldn't really walk. Oh, gosh, sorry. That's our, that's Raina. She's always here. Just so you know, she always is laying here with us. Really so, does she yeah. <laughs> And she, someone must've come to the door, but she, um, so my friends were like, I just need you to know, Kathy, you need to go to the doctor when you get home. <laughs> and so here's how like off I was. I had to fly through LA somehow for San Diego. I was literally laying on the floor in the airport. Oh, I got God. ice. I'm like laying on the floor. And you know what? I still wasn't fully embracing what was happening to my body. I still had in my brain somehow like okay, I'm going to get some medication and it's going to be okay. And I, but I did listen to them. I really trust them and they know me and they know my tendencies in the world. And I got, I flew home and I made it home, which was almost a miracle. I mean, it was a horrible, horrible trip home. 
and I made it back and I made a doctor appointment and they immediately sent me to a neurosurgeon. And so, I mean, I did an MRI like the next day at like 8.30 at night. Oh my <laughs> and, then, and then I had an immediate appointment with a neurosurgeon. And I, I think back on that a lot and I'm grateful for that um, like horrible awareness but I will say, I mean, I learned from it, but it's still so hard. And it was like so blaring. And I know a lot of people have these um, similar experiences, but I had all the tricks, fellas. I mean, it wasn't like 30 years ago. No, I. And so I knew I had done a I lot of healing. I know. <laughs> watching me yeah. suffer. And then and, he just, and just was gr- buying it. I was buying it. I was on your wavelength. I was like, she'll figure this out. It's going to be okay. You know, that's, yeah. Yeah. And so this basic skill of listening to our body is like, that is a basic skill. And we don't want to do it. We think we could keep going. And that's, that's part of what needs to shift. And I was thinking about when my, when I had appendicitis. Oh, that's right. I didn't want to call and be told that it's nothing or whatever. So I was, I was started being in pain. It was on the right side. It was in the morning. I'm like, I'll call the doctor in a little bit, you know, but I didn't want to be told that. Um, I don't know. I had some fat old lady disease. That, that was my problem. Mm-hmm. It was like, I just, I figured that. So anyway, yeah. I, six hours, I sat on the couch in agony. When I finally said, Ted, take me to the hospital. I can't take it anymore. Mm. So, so then we get there and I'm like, please, please. So we do a CAT scan, you know, and she said, yeah, it's your appendix. And I'm like, oh, thank God. Thank God it's not some fat old lady disease. It's exactly what I thought. Mm. Anyway, so six hours of torment. I didn't need to, I could have just taken care of myself. I could have just gone to the ER and, and. Like, oh, this is serious. I need help. And then this week, too, I'm like feeling like I'm on the verge of tears all the time. I'm like running, running, running around. I'm trying and and people in my life, their lives are falling apart right now. They're like in crisis and I'm trying to keep up with everybody, which I should be. It's not like I was doing anything wrong, but my nervous system was jacked up to my nose and and I needed to cry. And I could, I couldn't, I couldn't do it by myself. So, you know, I, I call my, my partner in crying. I call Kelly, <laughs> my friend Kelly, if I need to cry. And my partner in crying. I love that. Kelly's There's something the about her, her energy and she's, yeah. she's known me. I mean, that's who I called when my mom was dying mm. and I could cry. I need somebody with me in order yeah. to cry. So anyway, I, I thought, okay, I need to reach out. Self-care. Mm. Yeah. So simple. Just call somebody that you know cares about you and touch base. You don't have to dump the whole shit on them if you don't, you know, doesn't need to be a big deal. Just call somebody, reach out, say, mm-hmm. hey, do you mind? And cry. And cry. Like that's not on the self-care list. No, it's not on the self-care list. And that's a soul. It, crying actually comes from our soul if we let it. And so, and it's so hard and tears are so healing. My friend was telling me a little bit more about tears recently, just some scientific things. You probably know more about it. And then just also that it is one of the most releasing things in your body 
Like it really does like energetically release things. And what do we always do? Resist it. it yeah. yeah. Resist the crying. And that, um, you know, I don't know what and people say sometimes, I don't, I don't know why I'm crying. And this has happened. My mom said that before. She's like, I don't know why I'm crying. And I'm like, you're crying because people died and it's really sad. That's why. And, you know, but it's so fascinating that that's like kind of that disconnection that we as humans do to self-protect yeah. and survive. Then the truth is none of those strategies are working and they're making our lives so much harder than they need to be. Yeah. We had started on the whole guilt thing. Yeah. So I kind of want to circle back to that, that, that we do feel guilty and I don't, and then guilt gets in the way. So it's like feel guilty and do it anyway is probably the practice we have to do, or just notice that you feel guilty. Um, but we, there's two sides to that guilt line. And one is, you know, we're going to screw guilt and do whatever the hell we want. That's, that's one reaction that we have. Then the other one is we don't reach out because we think of all the other people suffering in the world, mm. or we do recognize our privilege and we do kind of go, this is kind of a first world problem. So I'm not going to, you know, I hear that a lot from people and myself. Um, if we're really having a hard time and then it's like, okay, I shouldn't feel bad because this is a first world problem, or I shouldn't feel bad because people are dying in Ukraine. I shouldn't. And it's, that really is a, a hard thing to settle within yourself. Other people have it worse. Mm-hmm. So why are you suffering yeah. is too big of a leap to make other people have it worse. And you are at a threshold here that you need to listen to and give yourself just a little bit of love. Maybe that's all you need is a little bit of love. And we, we want to jump to the big things. And then of course you feel guilty for indulging when the world is going to hell in a handbasket and other people are dying and there are braver people in the world. And there are people who are doing bigger and harder things than we are. That is true. And you can notice that your nervous system is jacked up and you can think about what you need to do for yourself. And it probably should be small because small is really powerful if it's at that level. So you don't have to do much. Cry, breathe, sit down, lie down, turn off the lights, you know. Get outside, take a walk. Get in the sunshine, walk, move your body, eat something, drink something. Breathe and and be compassionate. Tell yourself you're okay. You're okay now in this moment. It's okay. You are okay in this moment. And put your hand on your on your chest. Give yourself some love. Those little granular things, in some ways, especially if we if we're doing them a hundred times a day, or just taking breaths on purpose, or just remembering who you are and remembering that you're connected or remembering you have resources or telling yourself it's okay to cry or, Oh honey, it's all right. We're making it or something. These are tiny little practices that are really the, the molecules, Mm. you know, the little bitty, you know, bits of self-care that are maybe the most potent And what I hear you saying that I think is so important, it's like, it's not that 
scheduling those things is a bad thing. Okay. But I think sometimes learning how to build them in naturally with ease will strengthen me. I can speak for myself. And, um, it, you know, and this, this happens a lot from Christian, those that come from Christian land. Is that, remember the quiet time thing? Yeah. So that was like a really big deal. Like you have to make space for your prayer time in your space and all those things. And sometimes on the self-care department, it can be that way too. It's like this rigidness. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. I'm only okay if I do my app for this long or whatever. And I don't want to dismiss that that is what some people need. Mm-hmm. But I think the skill, like the bigger skill, mm-hmm. in at least uh, for me, I can say, and then observing the battle to make time for self-care versus really integrating it in as a natural rhythm. And my favorite thing you said, it's super small, super small, and they don't take very much time, but they help sustain us over the course of a day, over a week, over super, super hard things. And it is interesting in, in my own story, I've asked this, like, I'm like, am I really okay? given what we've done and just so much death and so much loss and so much things. And I, I'm like, I kind of think we are, but it has kind of come from this like little teeny things. And I evaluate myself against other people Mm -hmm. who are far more disciplined, quote unquote, than I am about the bigger things. And I minimize that I am actually learning how to take care of the, myself the way that I need to take care of myself and do it more naturally as a rhythm. That do, it does require intention. It's not that there are certain things. I have this class that I'm in. It's super funny because people are amazing and it's related to nature-based ritual and um, ceremony and rites of passage. And it's, it's amazing experience that I'm in, but some people are really um, super deep and thoughtful and, you know, it's amazing to listen, but my work is actually not, it's to listen to them, but not evaluate myself on their rituals Mm -hmm. and listen to what do I need. And so sometimes it sounds really dumb because I like need my coffee and I need no one to fucking talk to me. And poor Jose, sometimes he comes in that time. And I was like, it's not talking time. <laughs> it's not, talking, <laughs> it's not time. talking time. And I really like to do my wordle mm-hmm. in peace. Yeah. And then I like to send it to my kids. And I like that space that's quiet. And my dog is next to me. And so it sounds so like surfacey compared to like all these meditative breathings and all these things that works for other people. It's great, but I need to own this is me and not measure it against some lofty thing. Um, And so, and that's just one piece. The other piece for me is just like really, truly the simplicity of just breathing. And going, oh my gosh, I like actually haven't taken a breath. Yeah. And it is weird. And drinking water. Mm-hmm. Like these are basic things basic that none things. of us yeah. got taught to yeah. do. Yeah. And then, I mean, even just for me, just even five minutes outside, just 
like soaking in, looking at the sky, noticing my feet on the ground, laying on the ground, like whatever those things are, are so um, healing and they're not complicated and they don't take brain power. They just take a little bit of space and they contribute to what the world needs. So mm. everything that I'm hearing about, um, and I'm trying to learn pretty, pretty newly about newly, uh, <laughs> like new to the to the question of of learning about anti racism and systemic white supremacy. And the more I learn, and the more I listen, for what is the work of a privileged white person? Mm. What actually is the thing we need to do to help? And um, of course, act, activism and being working in to change policies and all of those things are really important to do. Those are the big things to do. But when I listen to everybody that I respect, when they give white people advice, it's take care of yourself. Yeah. It's like, do your work. Like, don't be a dick. <laughs> it's sort of like, get into your body, yeah. deal with your trauma, yeah. learn how to settle, learn how to listen to yourself. Like, and if, if we would do that, then we're actually able then to be of some use to bringing justice into the world. Yeah. But if we leap into it over the, take the self responsibility to take care of ourselves and do our own work, we do more damage than good. So that's been a huge permission for me. And it, and it has helped me like work down the guilt a little bit is to, if I, if I take, if I do my soul work and I know what it is, like if I'm listening and I'm doing it and I'm in my body and I'm practicing doing that, then that is moving me into being a kind of person who can actually contribute something to the world that's meaningful in my realm, whatever that is. And so I let all that expand me and I learn how to be present in a way that has something to offer. Mm-hmm. So it is connected to, to our families, to our communities, to our world. And we already have what we need right in our own bodies to do self-care. And so I think that what we want to leave people with today is that simple is better. Ease is correct. It's everything. (laughs) Ease is everything. Presence is paramount. And self-care is simple. Hard, but simple. Yeah. And I, I, I think the ease is everything is really important because outside is not easy. Everything in the world is not easy. It's just the opposite. And so how to just get that um, flow going and making things natural, but natural things begin with intention. Yeah. It's kind of like organic gardening or whatever. Yeah. You have to nurture it. (laughs) You have to nurture it, but you can't actually nurture it in the same rules as Yes. The other forms. Yeah, yeah. So new, new ways. So we always end these things. There's so much more to be said. Um, but I know that we're all just doing our best to learn, practice, grow, try, 
um, be gentle with ourselves. So what's the last thought for the soul? It's always listening at a diff- at a deeper level, always letting yourself, you know, settle so you can hear. And then, um, cause your soul will speak to you something and it might be weird. <laughs> it might be a weird thing, but, um, your soul is there to teach you. And so get yourself in a place where you can listen. Love it. I think it on practice is just really what Phyllis already said to actually do. Like what are some super simple, the simplest things and with non-judgment about them. Like how to not evaluate them as too little, not enough room, not enough time, not spiritual enough or deep enough or space enough. Like just practice them with non-judgment and see what that feels like. Thanks for listening. Always love to hear what things stir up in you. Kathy Escobar and Phyllis Mathis write, speak, pastor, and counsel and are dedicated to creating spaces that foster healing and change. You can learn more at kathyescobar.com and phyllismathis.com. Keep listening to your soul and keep practicing.